Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm excited for this one because this one is about templates. It's something that we all use. And I have two experts in the room. One of them focuses on email all day long. And the other one has learned many, many things about AI, which we have a great show coming up Friday for that. And he's going to talk to you about some prompts and some things about your templates and your frameworks that actually matter, stuff that really increases your results. Uh, so welcome back to the show. I'm giving you a second to come into the room, but I'm going to launch this question. What are you, bro? Are you an SDR? Are you an AE? Are you an alien in the room with us? We want to know what it is you are. So go ahead and take part in that quick question that I just dropped right there. Change your chat settings to everyone and let us know where you are tuning in from. Shout out to Edmonton, Canada. I cannot tell you, every time I get on this thing, I feel like our Canadians rep uh, New Jersey in the house. I hear you guys got a deer problem. I'll be there soon with my rifle. Right. Shout out to Nassau. I see you in Idaho. What's popping in Idaho right now? Chicago in the house. India, you always come in strong. I'm really looking forward to hanging out. The Philippines, Tacoma, yo, our Bulgaria, what's popping, yo? Our international crowd is banging. <laughs> you got Serbia too. Hey, Bulgaria is beautiful. Bulgaria is very beautiful. Well, I've never been, but Mike, it sounds like you've been, so we might have to talk about that because I'm a traveling man. Let's kick it off. This is all about emails, templates that convert. Uh, I am in with two experts, Mike Wander of Lavender and Javier or Xavier, he goes by either one, of The Cold Message. This is Javier's very first guest spot on a show. Let's give him a big round of applause for coming in and joining with us and sharing the expertise that he has accumulated over his career. I want to give a big opportunity for you guys to go check out the new website, sellbetter.xyz, and get with us on YouTube. We have great resources there, clips, audio, visual. Go learn something on YouTube. We're out there strong right now. Big shout out to Apollo, one of the best games out there. Definitely on the enablement side, this is a game changer, but it's fused with conversation intelligence. And you can't talk about conversation intelligence without talking about Gong, our longtime partner. Talk about a team that's made an impact. And recently they did this great show on selling to the CFO. If you sell to that persona, you definitely need to tune into this link that I'm dropping in the chat right now. This is all about selling to the CFO. And if you are an enterprise deal, there's no way you're getting through the lines without talking to the CFO. So make sure you go tune in to that episode. Great episode that we did with Gong. Let me give you a little bit about what you're going to get today from these two experts. Cold email frameworks that give you high open rates. We tout this 50% open rate with like a badge of honor. And Mike is going to break that down for you. And then my man Javier's got some good tricks for high open rates. He's going to share what he does with his time to get that. We're going to give you some good examples and some good frameworks. Can't have one without the other. We got to give you the framework and then we got to show you how it works. And then you're going to get these key strategies for adopting new frameworks. Let's take a look at who's in the room. Not a shocker here. BDR is heavy. Shout out to the AE sending cold emails and looking to make some templates. 14% senior leadership. We appreciate you. We see you. We need more of you. Tell your friends, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's kick things off right here. I mean, you said frameworks are wonderful, but you have to focus on the beginnings of these frameworks if you want high open rates. And you broke that down into a couple of pieces. Talk to me about these three things that you focus on when you're building out these frameworks. And then we'll pivot to Mike. Yeah. So um, I think writing a great email is great. Who doesn't want to do that? But the first, um, the first obstacle that I want to go over is people need to open the email. So I think before 
And this is maybe like a little bit counterintuitive, but before you write the body of the email, you have to think, what is the experience of your password going to be like? And it's literally as simple as you should go up to your inbox right now and look at the emails you get. And the thing that you see is not the entire email. You see two things. You see the subject line and you see the preview. And I want to actually challenge everyone on this call here. But anyone without like doing a Google search on this side, you stay, stay honest here. Do you know how many characters or words uh, are shown in a preview line? Just drop them in the chat. You don't have to give me a specific number. You can give me like a range. I'm really curious to see. You can say yes or no if you want in the chat. Do you even know how many characters? Nine, you got 90 in there. I think it's seven. Look at that. Okay. Okay. Um, so I see someone is saying, yeah, where's Mike? Is right better than Yeah. Hey, you know, no, no hate on the mics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Two or three words done. That's, no. So you're probably thinking the third three words is the ideal amount of uh, words you want to have for a subject line. For the preview, for a preview, you actually get around 100 characters. It changes based on the, the server, so whether it's Google, Outlook, Apple, but a good estimate time is typically around 100. Uh, and if you're on your mobile, that number gets locked by app. So now, naturally, the challenge is how can I draw someone's attention in either 50 characters or 100 characters? And that's where I use what I love to refer to as the golden nuggets. The golden nugget, um, and I can share this, um, I have a document I made on Notion of what the golden nugget is and how to get it, but to explain it really bluntly is anything that has to do with the prospect that is not professional. Mm. Like, it could literally be the fact that they love pizza, but the one guy I, I prospected to said he was fighting off zombies during his sabbatical because he's trying to be funny. Like, that means the, the most golden nugget of and you want to bring that up. That's where like the first line outreach comes in, and you want to communicate that in the first line. So that's that's how that's how I think about it. I love the golden nugget aspect of this opener because I think we all struggle for like where do I put my personalization? I am a front loaded personalization human. I like somebody to see that preview and be like, this guy wrote this for me. There's no way that this was written for anyone but me because I think it decreases. I'm not going to say it increases your open rate. I'm going to say it decreases the likelihood that someone will delete it without opening it. That's what I'm going to say. Mike, exactly. Mike, you have a framework that you use and I've got the framework up right now so you can describe it, but then we're going to talk about the results you've seen with it. Shout it out, buddy. Yeah, for sure. I'll also jump into so. I take a different approach. Uh, I love that both of you lead with the personalization. It's actually something that we've tested is leading with personalization versus ending with it. And what we found is when you lead with personalization, you actually get less replies than when you end with personalization. So uh, personalized emails with uh, that use that personalized, that hyper-personalization um, that Javier was talking about, actually you have a 27, about 27% um, increase in reply when you when you close it off with a PS, which is why so the vanilla ice cream framework, I actually lead off with an observation. And so one of the things that that does is it helps kind of just reduce you falling into what we call the mental spam filter. And so it's all like, hey, take hit or miss, A-B test what's going to work for your audience. Yeah. But some people, it works really well to lead with personalization. Some people it works to lead with an observation. In this case, what we're doing is we're going to start off with an observation. So it could be something like saw you were hiring for SDRs and you want them to focus on personalized emails, right? Tying that back to a problem, which would be 
you're actually creating your point of view. And so if you look at your seller's emails, I know we had some senior leadership here, right? And some AEs and even some BDRs. Look at your own emails. Ask yourself if you know why you're reaching out to that person. If you don't know why you're reaching out to that person, they're probably not going to reply to you. And that's what we get to with the vanilla ice cream framework, which is, hey, tie that observation for the reason you reached out back to a problem. Like for instance, it's very hard to track what is making people successful when everyone's sending something different. Mm. And then what do you do? So that's the help button, right? I love the graphic you put in there. Um, how do you help solve that problem? Don't just bring something up and then run away and then open it up for dialogue. And so what we say is have a C to C, C like CTC rather than a CTA. So call okay. to action is more of like, hey, James, you know, X, Y, Z that in that framework. And I ended off with, do you have 30 minutes to chat? Are you open to exploring this tool, right? Um, instead of doing that, ask them a question. Like, have you explored email intelligence before? So like, if that's the solution that you mentioned, or have you explored coaching, uh, you know, bringing in external coaches before, right? Different things that you can do to try to open up a dialogue and a rapport. Uh, and ultimately, you'll see more increased in show rates. All right. That was a big framework there. We're going to put it to the test here, but I want to talk to the audience directly here. I'm going to launch this question here. How long have you been sending the same templates? Because you're going to notice a theme in how we run this frameworks for these templates that these two create on a consistent basis. So I'm curious how long you use the same templates. All right, Mike, talk about the results that you've seen using your vanilla ice cream framework. Yeah. So this is over the last 90 days. So yeah. this is a, a screenshot of the last 90 days worth of my performance. Um, and so these are actually my stats. You can see it's taken me about four minutes and two seconds. And so one of the things that people talk about and something you probably hear all the time, James, and I'm sure you as well, Javier, is like, hey, it takes too long to write personalized emails. Yeah, right? I can't personalize everything that I do, right? <laughs> yeah. It takes, takes the average seller 18 to 25 minutes to write a one-off personalized email. That's a big number. Yeah. Crazy, right? Well, when you use frameworks, way decreased. And so it takes me about four minutes and two seconds to write each email that I wrote. These are all one-off initial cold emails. So no follow-ups are put into these numbers, but I've sent 340 emails. I got 155 replies. Um, these are positive replies, which is a 62% open rate and a 45.5% um, reply rate. So I don't know about y'all, but a 45.5% reply rate is like Yo, I aspire to this, right? This is what every seller should be going for. But Javier, you said that reply rate sometimes is not the thing to go for. Sometimes you have to focus on the open rate first to get to that reply rate. One equals the other, no? Yeah, so because again, it's like the first layer. So before people even read your emails, are they opening them up? I see like this has been the day on LinkedIn about this. I don't understand why, maybe because it gets a lot of engagement. And it's like very uh, sexy to talk about, but there's no, the, the more data you can track on your performance, the better. That's why I think Lavender are absolutely crushing it because every other day you see a post from them sharing data. Like like right now, like saying, like actually, uh, we found that for us, we work 27% more. Like that, that's, that's very powerful. So yeah, the more the data you can track, especially in this case, doing in the chronological order, the, the better you're going to set yourself up. I love it. Here's the results from the question that I asked just moments ago. Uh, I, I, first of all, kudos to 75% of the voters that are changing it up six months or less. I, I would shoot for quarterly reviews, I think. That's kind of where my heart lands. 
uh, is like every quarter I want to look back and I want to see what's the performance like, what can I change, how can I update this, make it more relevant, change the language to be more timely. Uh, and shout out to you for asking that question about including your landing page. Mike Mike was quick to be like, nope, that's a nope. Uh, so no, don't include that landing page inside of that. And if you got questions, throw them in the Q&A. These guys are great thinkers on their feet. Uh, they will be able to answer your questions as we move forward. So the Q&A is lit. Shout out Carrie Spencer for our first question. Uh, all right, let's look at an example here, Mike. This is your vanilla framework. Uh, at work. So talk to me about this. Where are the plugins? What did you do here? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So um, George is the example that we kind of wrote this to, um, but essentially we just said like, hey, George, observation, I saw you're hiring for our SDRs. Problem statement, I imagine you're thinking about how the ramp increased on that problem statement, right? Like what specifically about them ramping? Usually our customers focus on cold calls, but see email results lag. So that's that why. Why am I reaching out? It's not because you're hiring SDRs. It's because you're probably thinking about this business problem. And this is probably the issue that you're going to run into. And then you give some, you know, some, some help there. So some proof case, which is that, you know, we're helping reps and Sendosa ramp faster and how right. we're doing that, right? Continuing to improve each quarter with our inbox coach. Now, what you'll notice is this is not a pitch about the tool. This is a focus on the business problem. The why we are reaching out has credibility in it. And then there's only really two words that talk about our tool, which is inbox coach, <laughs> right? Um, and so we kind of just kept it there. This one we did use worth a chat, um, but just to kind of like quickly put out that template there. But I've been I've been using worth a chat, and I the amount of people that reach back out and are like, yes, we we just had a meeting about this. You're like, damn, how timely can that be for this many people? Uh, but it is timely because what you do does matter. Don't forget that, y'all. What you do does matter. Amir, we think about this template. What's the first thought that comes to mind? The first thought is I'd love to know what subject line did you use for this because I know you guys really like preach the um, what's which one which one I call it quality over quantity and like yeah. I can see that in the size of the email. But yeah, I'd love to know what subject line you use for this. Yeah. So. Emails are most optimized at two to three words. And for that specific one, which we used was rep ramping problems. Mm. And so okay. somebody who's onboarding, we like to just basically use that internal language. So it's like, look, we have this, you know, this core message, this why we're reaching out. What sellers will often do is they, there's really two ways to approach it, right? You either fly under the radar with a super low key, no, no positive, no negative tone sentiment in a subject line, or you can do a super long one that's very specific and it's going to definitely get called out by the person, right? They're going to be like, oh, this was for me, right? But the problem with that is like, you're really opening yourself up to a mixed bag. So it's kind of like a, it's like a little gamble, right? Do you want them to notice the subject line and just bet right. on them opening it? Or do you want it to fly under the radar? So at the end of the day, when they're triaging their inbox, you're still in there and then they open you and read it. And so I uh, would love to hear, you know, obviously I hear what you think uh, and how you do subject line. Yeah, dude, honestly, uh, there isn't that much to share just because I'm so convinced by what you guys do. I've talked about it a bunch. I, I love how Lavender approached subject lines. It was the first time I actually um, learned about it. And then it was one of those where it was like a no-brainer, like, yeah, this makes sense. And I started trying it. And now all of a sudden, most of the emails that I got replies to, because I run like some A and B testings, more often than not, the, the subject lines I use that Lavender preaches, they hit home. So yeah, no, you guys... There's nothing more to that. 
It's yeah. not, hey, supporting lavender, y'all. If you don't know about lavender, you need that in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a different animal altogether. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so let, let's play with the audience a little bit here. Yes or no, do you pitch your product in your initial email? Uh, that's in your first cold email, in your template that you send out, do you pitch your product? It's a yes or no in the chat. Got a lot of no's. I hope this is real right here. That's interesting considering I get a lot of pitches in my inbox. I'm going to tell you right now. If I open, if I open my inbox, I'm telling every, almost every cold email that I get. This is why they're on this webinar though. Right? It is. It is. Right. So you look at it like this is why the Sell Better community is having success in what they do because you put on these webinars and they actually take the advice. Right. It's a it's a good testament to the community. So shout out to, to you, James, and everybody working at Sell Better. Hey, I appreciate that, man. Let's let's really address it here. Uh, I got a couple of good questions that are relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, so, so, you know what? There's so many coming in. Uh, Lila, you'll probably be the first one because I like that question. Let's do this one. Uh, reps tend to be technical with how they can help with the value. Notice that in your framework, you had help there, how we help. Uh, why does the simple language work? And I feel like this is a great question because we go long on emails, especially templates where we're like, Oh, I have to talk about my stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can answer this one if you want. Go for it. Okay. So I actually coached this. So uh, simple language and why it works. I actually got this answer from my sister. So I'll, I'll give you guys all a little story here. So my sister's a doctor. She owns her own practice. And I was working with one of our clients and they sell to people with PhDs. And I realized that they were optimized at a very simple language, which was a fifth grade reading level. And I was like, okay, it's interesting why they're selling to people with PhDs, right? Don't they want to be talked to like they're educated? Right. And it's something a lot of technical sellers often run into as a problem. So I asked my sister, I said, hey, do you get cold outreach, right? People trying to sell you to your practice. And she said all the time, and I don't answer any of the emails. And I asked her, I was like, well, why? And she said, well, who's my favorite person in the room? And because she knows I'm a Marine, so she has to break things real down for me, right? So <laughs> she goes, who's my favorite person? And I said, it's the kids. Right. And she's like, of course, but why is it the kids? And I was like, I have no idea. And she said, because they're the only people who talk to me like I'm a normal human being. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I, she was like, at the end of the day, I spend all day using my brain power, everything that I need to do. So when it comes time for me to read emails or to look through my inbox, I don't have the brain power to read something that somebody's talking to me like I have a PhD. Yeah. I'll put away things that I need to do for work because I don't have the brain power to actually finish it. And I'll look at it in the morning and the light bulb went off on me. She's my sister. So I give her zero credit, but I tell everybody the story because that's what need, that's what I needed to hear. And so it's like, at the end of the day, your prospects don't have time to be talked to with industry language. They want to be talked to like you're in an internal conversation with them in a very clear and concise manner. Don't make them work. That's what I heard. Don't make them work for it. All right. We got to pivot. We got to move forward. Javier, I have to talk about the thing that you spend your time on because we're here. We're going to give you another framework and another example here in just a moment. But before we do, tell me about the impact of data on the performance of these frameworks and these templates that we are creating. Why is this a good amount of time that we should spend on the front end? Yeah. I mean, again, it's it's the foundation, right? Like, there's, you, you can have the best written email of all time, and you could also potentially know who you want to reach out to, which I can make the argument most people just get given this huge list and then they have to like spray and pray. Yeah. But if uh, the quality of the data isn't good, then you're wasting your time. So a tool that I leverage a lot is Clay. 
um, drop in the chat if you guys know about Clay. I know recently it's been exploding and it's changed the way I operate significantly last three months. It's, it consolidates all data providers under one roof. So now um, I run my emails through four layers of verification. So my bounce rate is extremely low. Um, and that's where you want to aim for, right? Again, like foundation is key. People are not going to open your emails. They're not going to respond. If the least, if that list building process isn't also optimized. So I feel like that can be like an entire hour of just talking about where you're getting your data from and, and how to go about it. Um, and then the other thing is I've noticed that works really well. Like if you can, I know you can't buy it all the time, but if you can build a list where your ICP resembles the person that's reaching out. Like let's say for in my case, you know, um, I help like founders do a lot of the the, the selling. So ideally we want to shout to other founders uh, and those always perform uh, really well, but there, there's layers to, to it. You know, like if you're both part of the same accelerator, like a lot of my clients are YC backed founders and those obviously perform really well because they see the name, they recognize it, which like, like let's say for Lavender, um, I think a lot of credit needs to go to their marketing team as well and their sales team because they're also some out marketers uh, as well. They, they, you know, they do both at the same time. But when you see Lavender, you automatically think of that, you relate to it, you want to reply. It's gotten so bad that I walk on the street sometimes and if I see a Lavender, I think of Mike first. I don't even think of, you, you know, like like these guys just drilling my brain so much. So that is extremely powerful So because you recognize it. Um, so there's a lot of power to that. So if you can implement that in the list building process, you're gonna improve the chances of getting a reply, right? It's good. It's good. I I do the same thing with Apollo. I always see a rocket in my head, yeah. and then with Gong, with Gong, I see like a literal Gong, like Gong. You know, like you see it in your mind, and it, it it personifies the brand. I think that that is that is a good thing to call attention to. Uh, yeah. And 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 Mike, you you have another framework. We're gonna give you guys another framework here. This is my next question for you, though. While Mike's talking about this, let me know. How much time do you spend adding the personalization and or relevance? You can combine the two. You can lean on one or the other. But how much time does it take you? I used to spend so much time on this. And this framework is simple. It might actually help save you the time. Uh, all right, Mike, talk to me about the mousetrap. This had a really negative connotation because of the name of it, but it's misleading, right? It is misleading. Yeah. <laughs> Very misleading. I think it's just like a fun name. But yeah, essentially what you're doing is you're blending an observation with a question that implies you have a solution. And so what we mean by that is it's a very quick in, quick out email. And I think we actually have an example in here. Is that? I do. Yeah. So literally it just looks like this. There's your observation. Will, looks like you're hiring reps. Boom. Quick question. Would it be helpful to get a more granular look at how they're ramping in our email? Right. You don't even really need to put in the our inbox email, you know, email coach Lavender helps team ramp faster. You could have just left it at, would it be helpful to get a more granular look at how they're ramping on email? Yeah. It implies you have a, it implies you have a, an actual solution, but you're still leading with relevance. And this is something that, you know, is quick and easy. And so yeah. think about why we use this. We don't use it for first touch emails. We use it for follow-ups. And the reason why I want to talk about this for a second is because um, when you look at a template, it's very easy to know it's a template. Very, very easy. That's true. Frameworks don't have to be complicated. People make them complicated, but they don't have to be. And fun fact, James, 75% of sellers do not follow up after the first email. 75% is an absurd number. Are you, where, what? 
25% of sellers actually follow up. And with the industry average reply rate at zero to 3%, we're basically saying, okay, we're good. Think there is a zero to three percent, and we'll, we'll we'll roll our dice, and we'll send a thousand people an email this month. I just want you guys to process that number for a minute. Initial emails tend to be where the buck stops seventy five percent of the time. That means you have the chance, even by sending one more email that's like this one, you have the chance to be part of the twenty five percent that adds another layer to your prospecting method simply by having two emails that can be templated. Yeah. That is a massive impact. You take it even further, right? And you think about out of the people who are following up, how much of that is just automated? Hey, James, did you get the chance to look at my recent email I sent? Oh, let me tell you, that's the worst question (laughs) in the world. I hate that bump up more than anything else. Did you see my email? Don't try to act like you ain't tracking it. Uh, Let me run into the chat if you track your email opens. But I learn in the chat if you even track your email opens. Yes. Yes. My supporters. <laughs> you guys are my people. Quit asking people if they saw your email. You know yeah. if they opened your email. Oh, gosh. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, right? It's true. It's it's like, tell me you're bubbling this up without telling me you're bubbling up. <laughs> yeah, this, this feels like a therapy session right now. Like You just really just let it all out. I feel so relieved. <laughs> you just had to. Yeah. <laughs> we're making we're making progress. Okay, uh, Javier, do you write specifically for your industry, or do you personalize based on something else that you're using? Yeah. So because I, I run an agency and I'm working with um, different clients, I'm not at a stage where it's like hyper focused on just one specific thing. So I'm a little bit like kind of like jack of all trades. Um, so personalization comes in really handy at times. So, um, for example, uh, I, I was referencing this earlier on the call about the golden nugget. So I know Mike, you said it takes around what, like 18 to 25 minutes to write a personalized message. Right. And I remember I used to be really frustrated about that because I, I tracked how long it takes me. It used to take me sometimes 45 minutes. I swear to God. I spent but a lot of time. And I want to be that you were good at doing it right and you do that all the time and it still took you a lot of time exactly and and then one day i was just like i'm I'm sick of this like how can i make this a lot faster and now i've been able to bring that number down anywhere between five to ten minutes because i realized the only thing that is manual in this entire personalization process is finding the golden nugget everything else is automated through inputs through chat gpt prompts the mat, the golden nugget is the only thing you need to find. And I even took a step further. Where I have a guide where it's like, okay, now, you know, when you log in, um, to LinkedIn, you look someone up, you know, where to look. And even I saw someone in the chat earlier, if you can bump up your message, if you're still uh, here, you said like, okay, if I can't find something like that, what do I do? That's a great question. There are layers to this. Like you can, you, there might be something that's already there that you didn't think that you can use. One of my favorite things to use, honestly, is if you see someone made a recommendation, um, because in there is extremely personal stuff, right? It's something that you might not be able to find in the bio because a lot of people's bios like very like businessy oriented. So there are other areas that are in front of you, but you just didn't know that you can use as a golden nugget. So then essentially all we have to do is manually find that information. And if it's not on LinkedIn, we look them up on Twitter. Twitter is an absolute goldmine, by the way, you should definitely leverage it. If not on Twitter, look them up on Medium. It's not Medium podcast there are so many tools right now that summarize the podcast for you it's as easy as plugging it into chat gpt like summarize this for you boom you have the personalized information 
we punt that into clay in the golden larger column and voila it's it's done so that that doesn't take when you research the stuff those take one to five ten minutes and i even tell my team i'm like honestly for now if we're running a place specifically meant for the purpose of personalization because that's only one of the plays we do right it's not like we live and die by it don't spend more than five minutes if you can't find anything next 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 and now we have a very targeted list with hyper personalized outreach and then we can send that out so does that answer your, your question? It does. It does. And I have an example here that you gave us. We're going to look at it in a minute, but I have to ask Mike, because I know a lot of people are probably asking some level of this question in their minds in the room. And if I'm right, let me know in the chat. Will these templates work for any prospect or are they specific to your ideal clients? Talk to me about this. Yeah. I think you said the key, the answer to, your, to it in the question, templates. Right change based on industry, which is why you need 10 sequences. You need 10 cadences, right? You, you'd be, I was shocked. All right. I've had like scary, like heart wrenching moments when I've opened up a client's outreach or sales loft. And I see even like Apollo now, right? They have sequencers uh, and gong, gong engage. There you go. Right. They're going to have the same thing. You see thousands upon thousands of cadences and sequences. That is a problem that is derived from using templates rather than using a framework. Mm. Framework is industry agnostic because you're highlighting key points and you're filling it out based on the person in the industry you're prospecting into, right? Not based on, we already have the value prop. We already have that. That's generalizing your prospect, already generalizing before they've ever met with them. And so you can pick that up. But yeah, frameworks, definitely not industry agnostic, or definitely industry agnostic. Templates, absolutely not. That's why you have 50,000 sequences in your, uh, your sales engagement tool. Yo, I'm so, I'm smiling because I'm so supportive of that mentality. I can't stand it. Jonathan, great question. Throw it in the Q&A. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. Javier, you gave me an example. When you give everybody this example of your messaging, and then we're going to let you share your screen and show how you got to this, the way, the method that you used real quick. Yeah. So this one, th th this, I wanted to pick this example because I felt like out of everything I have, nothing highlights the personalization piece more than this. Wow. Uh, so again, there, there are many different ways to skin a cat, which if anyone knows why that's even a saying, please let me know. I love cats. I literally, you can see I have a deck of cards with cats on it. I don't know why this is a thing, but, um, <laughs> this is one way to do it. Okay. So I was, I wanted, um, I was skimming through the list that I built for one of my clients. And this guy stood up to me and I'm like, oh, he went to Waterloo. For those of you who don't know, I'm Canadian. I'm from Toronto, but I have friends in Waterloo. And I remember I had a horror story that happened to me in Waterloo, which is mentioned in my newsletter if you guys want to check it out. So this will make way more sense. But this is extremely personal as you can read it. And it worked. And I, I'm, I believe it worked because you can see the first slide with the response, hey, great opener, surprising you know a lot about Waterloo. That's, that's how you stand out. My argument against, and I even, I don't want to use that word. Argument kind of has a negative connotation to it, but like people say relevancy over personalization, personalization over relevancy. I don't, that's, I don't think that's the right way to look at it. It's like, look, if, if you're in a game where everyone now has the, the same tools, like it's so easy to find out that someone is hiring, that someone just like go people X, Y, and Z. It's never been easier to be more relevant. So now my, I challenge all of you guys listening to this. If we are all playing on the same field, all of our messaging is relevant. If now I send a message that's relevant, but also personalized, who do you think is going to send out more? Right. And if you're willing to go in that little bit extra mile, um, and make your message stand out with it, but like something like this, like I still talked about what we do and what, uh, and why I wanted to reach out and so on, but I started off with something hyper-personalized. Now, 
um, I'm going to show you guys a quick um, breakdown of what the prompt looks like. Yeah, you guys, this is this is the the like an AI case, that an AI use case. We'll probably talk about something like this on Friday when we talk AI. So, uh, okay. uh, you know what? If if we could drop Friday's show into the chat so everybody can join us for the chat we're having with uh, so, Keith and Chris. Can can people see my screen? Absolutely, I can see it, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So this, by the way, like uh, just so I show you, like uh, now we organize our stuff. There's a bunch of different prompts that we write, um, also in different purposes. I would even argue that what, when I do implement these prompts, I change them based on the outputs because sometimes GPT decides to hallucinate. So it's extremely important to understand that the, the, the ethos of this is that you, you, you're, the machine isn't doing the work. You're working with the machine. And if you think that uh, the, the other way, then I'm going to die on this hill. You're wrong. Okay. So. Uh, first step is you want to tell it what it should act as. Extremely important. Which, by the way, any, anyone interested in this call to learn more about this, uh, I can send you some resources that were a game changer for me. And then you'll see these are the inputs. Inputs are variables. They can change, right? Uh, for this specific case, a lot, almost everything you see doesn't change when, when you run it into, into a, um, um, a campaign. The one thing that does change is, where is it? Uh, something personal about the prospect, right? That's, that's the... Excuse me, that's the only thing you want to go into and figure out. Everything else is based on like good old sales, like one-on-one. -on -one, you know what I mean? Like, why are you reaching out to them? What's the pain points? Well, what do you do? How do you how do you help them out? X, Y, and Z. Again, you should be creative and let's figure this out uh, and, and, uh, and optimize it. Now, this is where I'm going to give another shout out to Mike and the Lavender team. Love you guys. Uh, a lot of the guidelines that I have is based on them. Like you'll see with this one, don't use adverbs. If you go on Lavender, they say don't use adverbs. I'm like, yeah, I should use adverbs as well. So this is the guidelines I tell ChatGPT to follow. And you'll see the way I create a creative way to personalize is I tell it second sentence should use inputs five and seven to create a creative way of connecting the prospect's personal information with the pain points, right? And then the most important part, what you need to do is rinse and repeat. So this is from an old play I ran uh, or, or from like an old client I, I, I read for. Uh, we can read a quick example. Like this one is one of my favorite lines. It's like, it's so easy. It's so clear. We found out this guy loves New York and posts about it. I've seen a frequent post about New York City. Just like I always see never sleeps. Customers for increase never take a break. Boom. That's the first line there, right? Uh, the, 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 the zombie one. Hey, I'll never see a fan of zombies. You know what zombies have sports have in common? They can both tell them very quickly. And what you do is you want to run this multiple times, take the outputs that you like, put them as an example, run it again. Do it again, do it again, do it again. The more examples you can feed it, the better the outputs. All of these, by the way, I did not write. These are all generated by AI. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. And also this is the, um, <laughs> I love these guys. Uh, these are also generated by Minjourney, by the way. This is the the layers that you can go through to find the golden nugget. Um, so if any of you are interested, let me know. No, I subscribe to this man's newsletter and you need this newsletter in your life. He is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to leveraging AI more effectively. Again, that show coming up on Friday, it's in the chat. You want to be there for that. AI changing a lot of things. Let's talk about testing because this is a big talking point, Mike. Uh, give me some things, some best practices that you have found to be effective when someone is testing a new framework. We're going to have, let me know one in the chat right now, if you're going to come away and use one of the frameworks that we've provided for you here today, put a one in the chat. Mike, when they're testing these, what should they be looking for? Yeah. 
Um, so, well, first is, uh, when we were in the planning call, right? Uh, well, I mean, I said like, look, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Uh, right. You know? So I, I always just, that's a good rule of life to live by in the military. We used to say, don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, cause most people would come in and to a situation, I think new leaders, they often follow that. They're like, Hey, I'm the leader. I'm going to do what I want to do. And we're going to just change everything up. It's like, yeah, get in and figure out what's working. It's the same thing with your frameworks. Test them for a little bit. Yes. It's working. Change things up, right? Like we were talking at the beginning of this call, should we lead with personalization or end with personalization? That's a great thing to test. And you can actually measure that, right? Um, where you run into issues is when you try to change things up that you can't measure. And so if you don't have a tool that's going to do all the A-B testing for you, you need to make sure that you're changing stuff up that you can actually measure in a quantifiable way. So like what I, what I mean by that is, you know, adverbs, it's kind of hard to measure if adverbs in, you know, increase your reply rate or don't when you don't have something to help with that. But leading with personalization versus ending with it, very measurable. Great stuff, Mike. Uh, I, you know, I'm not surprised that this has been a very entertaining show as well as informative. Javier, you said something that struck out, struck out to me when we talked about this, and then we're going to move to Q&A. So if you haven't asked your question for these two experts, get it in the Q&A now because we're going to hit as many as we can. You said, good foundations are key. Without those foundations, a thousand subject lines won't matter. And that was really impactful for me because I don't think salespeople operate with these key foundations. You've found a way for AI to provide good foundations for you. Uh, talk to me about how others can build this foundation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, I want everyone also to think about it because I find it funny, but it, it's like so true. Like if anyone here plays basketball, you can, you know, you can go on the court sometimes and you'll see someone flagged out. They're wearing the, the sleeve, the headband, blah, blah, blah. But Often than not, they can't play basketball. They're horrible. And the guy who is actually absolutely cooking everyone is barely wearing any, like anything fancy, just shoe shorts and, and, and because he has the foundation, right? Like he doesn't need anything extra. So I think a way to improve um, in regards to your foundation is, and Mike did a great job touching on this with the story with the uh, sisters. Like just think about how you sound, like read your emails out loud. Like if it, it sounds very robotic and salesy, you're probably doing a bad job. That's honestly what I do with my team when they like finish something like, hey, does this look good? I'm like, read it out loud and tell me if you think it looks good. And I don't even need to say anything. They don't either. They know that it doesn't look good. So a lot of the things that you need to do, you already know that you need to do. You know what I mean? It's not rocket science. It's just, you just got to do it. Like there's no other way of putting it. And obviously like subscribing to great resources like like Lavender, Smart Leads, you guys, like, that's going to help you to constantly remind you, like, oh, I'm doing a bad job. I can't tell you how many times I'll see White's post or the Lavender team's post, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> Same. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why it's so powerful to have those kind of people in your network. So that, that would be my advice. Great advice right there. I love it. Let's get to some questions because you guys have been so great asking all these good questions. I'm going to say your name. I'm going to ask you the question. Quick answers. Let's see how many we can get through. We have a few minutes, so we're going we're gonna to pump through these. This one is from Anonymous. Shout out, Anonymous. Thank you for asking. Uh, does this framework or do the frameworks that you use, Mike, work for technical selling as well as cloud solutions? Yeah. So that was one of the things that we just kind of touched on was like, hey, frameworks are industry agnostic, right? Frameworks are variables that you insert based on the person you're reaching out to and the industry you're reaching out to. But I know there was somebody that was in the chat also saying they use some of the frameworks 